Hello and welcome. I'm Chris Wilson from ASB, and this is the ASB Investment Podcast, a show that keeps you up to date on the market and helps you make smart choices with your investments. Joining me in the studio is our senior economist, Chris Tennant-Brown. Today we're chatting about why interest rates are at an all-time low, while share markets are at a record high, with a bit of commentary about how this is impacting investors and what to expect in the future. These are entirely our own views. It's not investment advice, but we know plenty of experts at ASB that'll be happy to help if you need. Hi Chris, hey, great to have you here with me today. Look, we've spent a lot of time talking about interest rate declines at some of the previous podcasts, you know, and we talk a lot about lower for longer. This seems to be happening now. You know, what's been happening in the market? Well, I guess the main thing is the Reserve Bank's cut interest rates once um, back in back in May, and so that took our official cash rate down a quarter of a percent. Uh, we've seen the Reserve Bank of Australia cut interest rates twice, and we've seen more uh, soft economic data in New Zealand, particularly uh, business confidence. And uh, that's led us to think that we're going to see two more cuts from the Reserve Bank of New Zealand. So that's for the official cash rate. And at the other end of the scale, the 10-year government bond, uh, which is a really important investment, a real big benchmark interest rate, that's at a record low 1.5%. So you know, that's meaning people are prepared to put money away in New Zealand, government guaranteed, and get it back in 10 years' time, and they'll get 1.5% interest on their money per annum. That's incredibly low. Yeah, that sounds really, really low. How, when was the last time it was down that sort of level? Well, in terms of the government bond yield, this is this is a record low. Uh, for other rates, like term deposit rates, they're down to 3% now. Uh, so this is the lowest we've seen that interest rate since the 1960s. So right. there's a lot of people, including me, who haven't seen this stuff before. Yeah, absolutely. And so you mentioned the, the RBNZ cut last week. Um, what are the what really drove that change? Well, at a basic level, the RBNZ's got two jobs. One is to maintain um, financial stability, and they do that by regulating the, the banking sector, and, and the other is to maintain price stability. So that's where this inflation target of theirs comes in and inflation's too low and when we combine the current level of inflation with the outlook for price pressures within the economy we get an incredibly low inflation outlook as well and as long as the Reserve Bank's got this job of trying to keep inflation in that one to three percent range with hopefully averaging around two percent over the long run well if it doesn't look like that's going to happen there's only one way interest rates can really go and that's lower. So it sounds pretty much like a negative outlook on uh, from the RBNZ side. What does that mean for markets and, and investments? Well, this is where you have to be careful because it's a negative outlook for inflation, but it's not necessarily a negative outlook for, for businesses. Um, so when you've got a inf- low inflation outlook uh, like, like this, it's telling you something about the capacity in the economy and, and how fast the economy should be able to go. So basically we've got some capacity in the economy for it to grow a little bit faster than it is right now without generating a lot of inflation pressure. And so hence the uh, the potential for, for lower interest rates. But at the same time, um, whilst business confidence doesn't sound that um, robust, it's not dire. And um, the share market's at a record high because a number of companies are actually going well. They're delivering on their uh, their earnings outlooks. And uh, people are prepared to pay for those uh, those earnings. And, uh, and in the case of New Zealand share market, where the dividend yields around um, 4%, um, that's pretty attractive in a low interest rate environment. So, um, so there's all sorts of things that you have to be thinking about beyond just the simple connection of 
the Reserve Bank's cutting, so it sounds like things are dire. Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned four uh, percent there as a you know as a return or, or yield on some of those stocks. That compares pretty favourably to the term deposit rates that we see in the market at the moment. Yeah, and and this is the this is the bit that's really interesting to to think about with our our history of of term deposits. Um, you know, there's a, there's not a lot of people that'll be happy um, putting money away for five years and getting a three percent return. And if we think um, back a few few years ago, um, interest rates were were much much higher. So people that have got sort of 10, 20 years of history with term deposits will be used to them being twice the rate that they are now. Now, if we could still give eight percent on a term deposit like we did, um, you know, 10, 15 years ago. There's no way you'd be getting excited about buying a share that had a dividend yield of of four percent, um, but uh, when the outlook is for interest rates to stay low for a long time, then people will hunt for yield. And and in New Zealand's uh, share market case, we uh, we have got a lot of stocks that pay pretty good dividends. Yeah, you mentioned rates being low for a long time. You know, and and talking about rates and what they were ten to fifteen years ago. Do we actually have a view of what rates were longer time ago? Well, here's here's the here's the interesting thing I think is that um, in our in our working lives we've got this history of interest rates falling and and so most people's gut feel is is that rates on average should be higher than what they are today and if you took the average over the last thirty years that would be right uh, but I said a number of times um, I think the period of time that we've lived through is really really unusual and. Uh, Essentially, from the 60s that I mentioned before, when rates were last at this level, they did. Uh, they've done two things. They went up through the 60s, 70s, and into the 80s, and then they went down through the 90s and um, and 2000s. So, um, if you look at a longer period of time, um, like as long as we can go back with interest rates, you know, there's a lot of interest rate series that that will go back several hundred years, and you see this sort of low interest rate um, is the is the is the norm. Uh, it's unusual to see double-digit in- interest rates. Usually, something's going really strange in the in an economy, like the inflation that was getting fought in the seventies and and eighties. So, I'm I'm more comfortable forecasting interest rates staying lower, and uh, and anyone with any debt will probably be a lot happier about that than hearing that interest rates are going to go back to where they've been in the last 10, 20 years, which was of course much higher. Now, the other thing to think about about what's normal. Is our experience where we were paying such high rates on term deposits isn't that normal either? Um, and if we look at term deposits around the world, they've generally been lower, and they are lower in many big economies um, than they are in New Zealand, even even today. You know, 1% to 2% is pretty standard for, for term deposit rates. So it's cold comfort for anyone that's trying to make money out of one, but um, it, could be, it could be worse. And in actual fact, I think it it will get worse. I think interest rates will get lower here. I'm probably not going to ask you for your 500 year forecast because realistically, you're probably not going to be around to be held to account, which is, you know, no bad thing depending on medical advances. But what's your two two to three year outlook? Yeah, well, our two to three year outlook is that interest rates are going to get are going to get lower in the near term, and then potentially by the end of three years, we might see them start to to lift again um, if if the economy uh, goes through a, um, a a normal sort of cycle, but uh, when we're saying interest rates might be going up, you know, sometime 2021, 2022, going back up to the sorts of levels that we've had in the last year or two, not the sort of levels we've had in the last uh, last 10 years. Now, I'll put a caveat on that, though. 
if you asked me five years ago, I wouldn't have picked that interest rates would get this low. So five to 10 years, well, maybe they'll be higher than, than I expect. But this is where I go back to those real long run interest rate trends to, to think, well, the, the most of the experience that we've had in our lifetimes is actually unusual. So I'm more comfortable to think, hey, interest rates might be a little bit higher than what I expect, but it would take something quite unusual to be going on in the economy for them to get back to the levels that we've had in the, in the 80s and 90s, that's for sure. Yeah, it creates some interesting challenges for investors, though, doesn't it? You know, as you mentioned, that the eight percent rates previously that was relatively easy to understand what you were going to do in retirement. You saved up a balance of funds. You were pretty confident around the return you'd get um, year on year, risk free, um, essentially through the bank. And you know, it wasn't too hard to decide what to do. That's that's changed. What, what do we do about it? Oh, it's 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 changed massively. And and this was the unusual thing in in New Zealand. You know, if you'd if you'd retired. Um, 10, 15 years ago and looked at what term deposits had been um, over over recent times, you wouldn't be crazy to be thinking, hey, I should get somewhere between 4 and 8% on these things and, and whenever it's high, I'll lock them in for a little bit longer and, and that's, that's your strategy. So people with some pretty amazing lump sums of money thought that they could generate a pretty decent income from term deposits and now here we are in, in, in this environment. So it's, it's really, it is really tough. I mean, even we've still got people that are rolling off term deposits from five years ago and then hitting these rates that are a couple of percent lower than what they thought they had um, because we did have a 5% term deposit five years ago. So um, th- I think there's some really important things to think about. Um, one is this low interest rate theory isn't some crackpot theory of, of mine. There's a, there's a lot of people thinking this. And, and the Reserve Bank's forecasts have a low official cash rate uh, in them. Those government bond yields, you know, they're not down at 1.5% because there's a few people that are happy with that. That's the way the whole market's positioned now. So this low interest rate environment, I think, is, is real. There's a lot of people thinking it's going to be around for a long time. So... Um, I'm pretty comfortable um, with the view that it's not going to get any better, and the risk is in the next year it's going to get it's going to get worse. So if people get their heads around that or or understand why that's happening, it might impact the sorts of things they're prepared to do. And using that term deposit example, if if we were forecasting rates we're going to go back to eight percent sometime soon, well, just waiting would be a a good strategy. If we're not, people need to check out what their options are to to try and make their money work as hard as possible for them. Yeah, and that's a it's a really interesting point. You know, when people look at their investment options and what they can do, you know, one of the things we see and you know quite interesting is from our investor confidence survey, where you know we survey our clients and and customers and actually hear from them on where they get advice from, and you know we find that a lot of people are getting advice from friends and family, um, and that's you know people that they trust, which is great, but they're maybe not always the most knowledgeable about what's going on in the markets. Well, I. Th- think in particular um, at times like now when we really are in uncharted territory for for pretty much everyone from a from a professional perspective I mean I look at um, the advice that I've been given over my lifetime and to things like borrowing and buying a house well you know borrow as much as you possibly can and then just get stuck into paying it paying it off was was good advice but it was helped out an awful lot by a falling interest rate environment. Um, you know, people saying, hey, you don't need to take too much risk, just get some wise fixed interest investments. Um, well, that's all been good advice too when interest rates were high, but you know, it's been 30 years of falling interest rates now. So there's one thing that's 
absolutely certain is that the next 30 years cannot be like the last 30 years because we've only got so much further that interest rates can can fall and it's likely that they go sideways or maybe up a up a up a little bit so the environment's going to be different so therefore i think the type of advice that maybe you get some from some people that are pretty well intended um, who have done well um, needs to be taken in, in in the context that the environment that they invested in and that they saved in isn't going to be the environment we're going to be in in the future. Yeah, it does really reaffirm the importance of you know planning and understanding what you're doing, and I think that's somewhere we can help. And we've certainly got people at ASB whose role it is to help you um, you know chart that chart those waters, because it is a different time and there's um, a lot of things to consider you know, in the market. Yeah, and and you know even even really little things like for people that are really conservative investors, they might think, well, there's no way I'd ever get excited about a a three point two five percent term deposit. But if this is the way it's going to be for a few years, maybe I do need to get excited about it. Um, but if people are sitting waiting for rates to get um, to get suddenly better, I think they they run the risk of of things get even get even even tougher. I must admit, you talk about advice you've received over your career. I wonder who gave you the advice to buy a Spitfire. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty uh, misguided uh, decision. But as I, as I said in an earlier podcast, that's a good way to make a uh, a small fortune out of a large fortune. Is is basically anything to do with aviation. Yeah, I love that you own your own investment decisions. It's a uh, it's a good trade. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can't blame anyone for that. So, for people who have been reliant on term deposits, you know, what what do we think they should do? Well, I think the um, one of the things with this low interest rate environment is that once people find out, oh, well, hey, they're not alone, and this might be around for a while, it is a catalyst to uh, to get some advice um, to make sure your, your your money's in the right place, um, and it's a catalyst to think really carefully about why you were in a term deposit or or any any particular investment for 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 that matter. You know, a lot of people have found themselves in really low risk strategies in New Zealand because. We've actually got rewarded disproportionately for it over the years because of our high term deposit rates. So they're, um, you know, they're, they're still they're still grappling with it. But so I think in the first instance, for it's a catalyst to to get some advice. Um, it's a catalyst to perhaps get um, some reassurance or, or second opinion about what I'm saying about this being a, um, a an incredibly low interest rate environment for a long time. You know, when you've got that sort of environment, you tends to force you to make longer term decisions, even if it means committing to term deposits for longer terms or committing to different types of investments. Most of them involve considering longer time frames than what people have been uh, used to if they've been in really conservative cash-based uh, investments. So all of those things go hand in hand with doing a little bit of research and getting, uh, and, and getting some advice and, and help. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think the key thing there is that making sure that whatever decision you're making, it's a really conscious decision about where you are and how you're invested. You know, term deposits absolutely might be the right thing to, for you to be doing. And, you know, if you've made an ASP um, advisor, that's a, a recommendation we'd be likely to make if it's the right thing for you to do. But it's good to know that there are other options there and we can help you with that as well. That's it. And, and you know, the other thing which is surprising with this is, you know, the, the share market is going incredibly incredibly well and it's the environment from an economic perspective is, has got plenty of risks in it it always it always has but it's not as scary as as perhaps what people might be thinking when they're reading the paper or, or looking at some of the some of the things that are behind these uh, incredibly low interest rates yeah it's interesting you talk about share markets you know and I think in the newspapers as you've mentioned a lot of people have been calling markets as toppy and likely to fall in the coming years 
they seem to have been wrong for a couple of years now, but what's driving markets to just continue to grow? Well, part of it is companies doing well. At the end of the day, uh, a share should be valued on the earnings that it generates. And if companies keep generating decent earnings, then their share price should get supported. But the interest rate is really important as well. I mentioned that 10-year government bond earlier as a as a really important benchmark interest rate. Now, that's 1.5% in, in New Zealand at the moment. So that's a really a building block, and that's, that's, that's a risk-free rate, if you like, that people can analyse other investments. Now, if, if you were getting 4% from a government bond, for example, you'd need to be getting more than that from a share. Otherwise, you'd take the the lower risk investment of a, of a government bond. So this low interest rate environment permeates through to share market valuations as well. Now, the New Zealand share market is expensive at these sorts of levels, but rightly so when you think about the dividend yield that it, that it pays out. And um, again, if we thought that interest rates were suddenly going to be 2 or 3% higher, well, then I'd think, well, yeah, the share market could well have some, some wobbles. But on the other hand, if um, interest rates stay low for a long time, like we're forecasting, then people will, I think, be comfortable with the current valuations that we see in markets as long as companies keep delivering on their earnings forecasts that they're, that they're providing. So that to me is a really important thing to keep focusing on is, is this lower for longer interest rate environment for real? And I think we've had quite a bit of evidence that it, that it is. And then in turn, that forces you to have a bit of a reset on, on what you think is a fair price for, for any asset. Because this building block approach I talk about or discounting um, via the, the low interest rates is another way of thinking about it. That's important for all assets, you know, be it um, share markets, um, but for, for property as, as well. So uh, it's, a, it's a really important consideration. And to get back to your, to, your, to your question about share market valuations, I don't think that you can say share markets are overvalued based on long-run historic price-to-earnings ratios. No different to you can use long-run interest rates to, um, to forecast what future interest rates are going to be. And um, with regards to the business confidence, how is that going to play out, do you think, in the market? Well, this was a big thing for us for um, for getting more aggressive with our RBNZ forecasts. Um, businesses on the whole, um, if I think of my uh, my career of looking at business confidence survey, businesses on the whole haven't been particularly good at forecasting what the overall economy is going to do. But businesses are really good at, at forecasting what they're going to do in terms of investing and hiring. And it's that aspect of a business confidence survey that we that we look closely at for our economic growth forecasts. Businesses also give reasonable signals about how they're dealing with um, their pricing pressures, like their 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 costs and their and their sales prices. So when we looked at the uh, the latest survey, one that I particularly like is the NZIER Business Outlook Survey because it's a really long running survey. And uh, when we looked at that, we thought, wow, there is just not a lot of um, pricing pressure within the economy. The growth pulse is looking pretty weak. Um, a long way from a recession, mind, but but still quite weak. A good economy is like ours um, can grow between half a percent and uh, and uh, and a percent per per quarter, um, and a bit north of three percent per per annum. Now, the latest business confidence surveys are pointing to a growth that's quite a lot lower than that, and in turn. 
not going to generate a lot of inflation within the economy. So that shifted us to thinking the Reserve Bank's going to cut a couple more times this year. So that was the big thing I've got out of the last month's data. And unemployment's really low though, so it seems strange that there's no price pressure on wages. Yeah, this is a real this is a real mystery. And and if I look at my forecasts from five years ago, this is an area where it just hasn't worked out the way we we thought. And economists around the world have grappled with this. Why have we got the lowest level of unemployment in the states since the sixties? Why is our unemployment rate down to around four percent now? Yet we're not seeing really high inflation pressures and wage inflation pressures. And and part of this is the is the um migration patterns, um, it's the globalisation of labour markets, it's the globalisation of, of manufacturing, um, but we just simply aren't seeing the wage inflation pressures that we've seen in the in the past and uh, we think that'll, that'll continue. And certainly when we look within the um, business confidence surveys, that's the, that's the feeling we're, we're getting as well, that this, this um, reasonably tight labour market isn't translating into the steps that would normally generate a, uh, a lot of inflation within an economy. Yeah. Which is, really does present a challenge because we have seen other costs for you know for investors and, and people's living expenses go up, um, which you know isn't being offset by increasing wages, higher TD rates. So it creates a challenging environment for New Zealanders. Oh, definitely. And 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 this is the bit I think where you come back to the planning process and um, as in the financial planning process. And one of the things I I like is that a financial planner isn't some guru that's looking under rocks for the latest investment story and, and picking stocks. A good financial planner is someone that helps you with those budgeting issues and helps you predict what are the expenses that you're realistically going to have over your investment lifetime and what are some um, investment strategies that will that will match up with it. Because it's really tricky. You have to make um, decisions with um, some assumptions about what inflation is going to be like in the future and what your costs on your, on your budget over your 20 years of retirement or whatever your numbers are, uh, are going to be. And that's a bit of my job I like is providing the numbers which go into that sort of modelling to help people with those things. But to me, that's financial planning is, is helping people with those sorts of decisions rather than a, uh, a year butte stock tip or something like that. Yeah, it's amazing how many times we sit down with people and the first time they've had a conversation or, or thought about what they want to do in 10, 15 years' time has been that meeting and the first time we've met them. So, yeah, and it's a really interesting journey, finding and understanding what they're trying to achieve and then obviously helping put together a plan to, to help them achieve that. Yeah, well, it's a, it's a pretty cool part of the uh, business and, and quite different to, to what a lot of uh, people think. You know, all this stuff that we talk about, share markets and stocks and all that sort of stuff, that's... All can go on in the background compared to a conversation about, um, you know, a person or a couple and their uh, and their plans and goals. Yeah, absolutely. We've spoken about interest rates. You've talked about the share market, but what do you think is the most important thing that people should do right now? I think the most important thing to think about um, at the moment is that we are in uncharted territory. Uh, interest rates. Um, can go lower than than they are now, and we can't rule that out. In fact, we're we're forecasting that with another couple of Reserve Bank um, OCR cuts this year. Now, if we look around the world, a third of government bond yields are uh, a negative. So this is a this is a challenging environment, particularly for conservative investors that are relying on on cash flow from from fixed interest and and term deposits. So. The, what, does that, what does that actually mean? I just think it's really important that people get advice about strategies to, to operate in this environment and, and some financial planning advice. And, and a lot of the advice that 
people have perhaps got in the past um, when we've had much higher interest rates um, and that falling interest rate environment for the past 20 or 30 years, I think a lot of the advice that people have got in the past is perhaps not appropriate for the future. So seeking out some, some help is really important. Thank you, Chris. It's been great having you here today and hearing your insights into the market. Thanks, Chris. Thanks for joining us today on the ASB Investment Podcast. If you have any thoughts on today's episode, or if there's anything you'd like to hear on a future show, please fire your suggestions through to podcasts at asb.co.nz. Music